0: Everyone open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 21, Matthew chapter 21. Every year, about this time, 2nd, say November or so, I like to take a little bit of time aside simply to talk to the congregation about the future, the mission, the vision of our church, and I've done that for years, I'm going to do that today. Uh, If you're new, if you're a guest today, or if if you're just beginning to understand what Woodburn Baptist Church is about, we talk about the 2020 vision. Uh, The 2020 vision is basically uh, a vision of our church to plant or partner in planting 20 new churches by the year 2020. Uh, I first uh mentioned that or voiced that out loud to the congregation in November of 2007 so uh it's been uh I guess 11 years or so since we first started on what what, what we call the the the, the 2020 vision uh, in that time uh I mean it is so good in that time we've we've planted or or put planters on the field uh, for 16 new churches so we're at number 16 uh, toward 20 by 2020 uh, Seventeen could be on the horizon uh, right now, exploring a new partnership with a, a church planter who is just uh, getting ready to launch in Nashville, which is pretty close to us, so maybe Nashville would be next. who knows That's that 's the lord 's uh, will for us to uh, for us to discern, uh, but at any rate, the, the two thousand and twenty vision is important uh, it 's important to all of us it 's an amazing Uh, journey that we're on together. Uh, But let me talk for a moment about what what vision actually is. As leader of Woodburn, I've been pastor for 22 years. I, I never and have never considered myself to be the smartest person in this church I, I don't I'm not the person who knows the Bible the best I, I'm not the most spiritually deep or mature uh, this church is filled with very very solid very faithful saints of God who've been walking with Jesus longer than I have so uh, I recognize that I'm a part of this body like the rest of you but I also recognize that I have a particular function in the body I'm the pastor that's my function it doesn't give me a higher status it doesn't put me closer to Jesus than any of you it just means that in this body of Christ, I have a function to lead, and, and, and that is what I try to do with, with faithfulness. Now, in leading, the idea of being a leader is not that you, again, have to be the smarter or the most spiritual, any of those things. It does mean, though, that I have to be somehow ahead. I have to have some sense from the Lord of where we're going because it's impossible to lead people if you don't know where you're going if you don't know where the group is intended to go so i'm always praying to god to give me vision to show me where he wants to take our church now let me explain to you what vision is vision for a church vision for woodburn baptist church is a revelation the word revelation just simply means something revealed it means we could not see this or know this on our own god has to reveal it god has to pull a curtain back and that's what i believe that he has done for us god God's vision is the revelation of what is possible when his unlimited power meets our total obedience. So, two things are necessary in order for us to realize and achieve God's vision for our church. Two things. The first is God's ultimate power. Now, understand, God, his ultimate power is a guarantee. It's not a question here. God has ultimate power, and God is going to show up for Woodburn Baptist Church, uh, in Woodburn Baptist Church, with total power. It's the only way he shows up. You recognize that? So that part of this whole equation, this is a given. This is the variable. It's the part that's up to us. God's unlimited power must meet our total obedience. So when God shows us the vision for our congregation, the future, what we're moving toward, what he's showing us is is a picture of what's possible when his unlimited power meets our total obedience. When I say our, I mean yours and mine. Not somehow this, this, this cloudy group obedience that has nothing to do with what you and I choose to do every day. No, I'm talking very specifically about your life and my life. God can do great things for Woodburn Baptist Church, but understand, Woodburn Baptist Church is just people. It's me and you. I've learned in 22 years that you can't just move a congregation. You can't just move them from here to there. It doesn't work that way. It sort of moves one person at a time understand so when you take the next step and i take the next step and we all take the next step as christ leads us then the whole church continues to move down the path that christ marks out am i making sense am i starting too hot today i mean i have kind of just blah jumped right try in i apologize um, but this obedience is absolutely a critical part of this equation I fully believe that if we're not obedient in every single thing that God asks us to do, then honestly, there are things that never happen at Woodburn Baptist Church simply because we weren't faithful. It's never going to be a question of God's being faithful or God's being powerful. The question always has to do with our obedience. God's going to do his part. Well, we do our part. So I want to talk about obedience today. We're talking about church vision. We're talking about the 2020 vision, but there's no way to talk about that if we don't talk about your life in Christ and your obedience to him so Matthew chapter 21 is where we'll go it's a little parable that Jesus tells it starts in verse 28 Matthew chapter 21 verse 28 I, I love this story it's short it's powerful Jesus is in the middle of a a controversy a conversation with religious leaders and he's telling this story to them so put it in its context this story originally was told to a group of religious leaders who have challenged Jesus's authority and Jesus responds to them with this parable and he starts out in verse 28 by saying so what do you think about this what do you think about this So Jesus is going to tell a story, but he introduces it with, what do you think about this? So obviously, he's asking them to think and draw a conclusion, pass some sort of judgment in this story. So here we go. So what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway then the father told the other son you go and he said yes sir i will but he didn't go which of the two obeyed his father they replied well the first and jesus explained his meaning i tell you the truth corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of god before you do for john the baptizer came and showed you the right way to live but you didn't believe him while tax collectors and prostitutes did and even when you saw this happening you refused to believe him and repent of your sins so jesus tells a story that explains the story but in some ways didn't you think you understood it better before he explained it I thought it was a story about obedience. And then Jesus explains it and it comes out different. What's this a story about? Well, let's break it down. As a father, he has two sons. He walks into the living room and he tells the first son what? Go and work in the vineyard today. Go and work. How kind many of have you ever had a dad who said, go to work. Yeah, so you, you get this. You're late. Go to work. Go to work in my vineyard. And what does the first son say? No. No. No, would that have worked with your dad? No, no, I will not go. But what happens? Yeah, dad leaves and thinks, "Oh, that that old man is not getting any younger. He's working hard. He bought me a car. Okay," and he decides to go work. All right, so he says no, but then he changes his mind. That's key. Verse twenty, he changes his mind. He changes his mind and then he goes so although he said he wouldn't go something happens and he goes all right second son younger son the father goes to the second son and says what go work in the vineyard same instructions go to work go work in the vineyard what's the second son say yes sir yes sir you 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 got it pop you got it dad i i am i'm all about that let me change my boots i will be right out there with you and then what happens squat squat yeah he never goes out he never he never works and so jesus wraps up the parable with the question okay who does the will of the father kind of obvious who does it well it's the son who does it yeah now he's interestingly not the son who said he would do it he said he wouldn't do it but then something happens and he goes and does it the other son who said he would never goes So Jesus explains the parable, he explains it to the religious leaders, and this is what he says. What's he say at the end of verse 32? Even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe and, what's the word? Repent. Repent. So when Jesus explains the parable, he makes it about repentance. Do you get that? Now we thought it was about obedience, and it is, it is. But it's about repentance, too. Uh, understand something. Obedience requires repentance. This is the key part of the story. In this story, it's that son who repents. Notice what it says there in verse 29, when the son answered, no, I won't go. But later, he, he changed his mind. How would you define repentance? What do you think repentance is? Somebody. What's that? Yeah, to be sorry? Sorry. Yeah, it's got something to do with being sorry, to, to regret what you've done. So there's sorrow involved, feeling sorry. What else? Yeah, not, yeah don't do it again. Yeah, there's this, there's this deliberate change. In, in verse 29 there, notice it says, he changes his mind. So repentance has something to do with, with a change of mind. In other words, the way you're thinking about this becomes different. It's a change of mind. We would probably say a change of heart. A change of mind or a change of heart. But Amanda, you're right. It's not just a change of mind or a change of heart. It's not even just feeling sorry. Because if repentance is genuine, what happens next? It's a change in behavior. It's a change of mind, a change of heart that results in a change of direction, a change of behavior. So, the son who repents, what's that look like? It's the son who said, no, I will not go. But then he... He changes his mind he repents does that just mean he feels bad well he does feel bad but what happens with that he goes he he works it's it 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 begins to play itself out in his behavior his his life was going in this direction but there's repentance and now he's going in this direction he was moving away from the will of the father but then he's moving toward the will of the father now the second son says yes i will go but he never goes so there's this lack of obedience but the point is there's also this lack of repentance he continues to do his own thing to follow his own will he is doing his own uh, uh, own thing there in the house but refuses to forsake his thing and join the will of the father there's repentance that always comes before obedience repentance now, some of us probably only think of repentance as what happens in the moment of salvation when you repent and call upon the name of Jesus and become a Christian. And that's wonderful. Repentance is very much a part of becoming a Christian, it is also a way of life for the Christian repentance is involved when you become a christian it's not just feeling sorry for your sins it's not even just saying words praying a prayer or or, or confessing anything like that repentance is deeper than that there's a change of mind a change of heart that leads in a change of direction if anyone is in christ there is a new creation the old things are passed away behold all things have become new Is that what Paul says? Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So there's this testimony of a radical change. Something has changed radically in me, uh, about me, and it affects everything about my life. I'm literally not the same person. I don't talk the same. I don't think the same. I don't feel the same. I, I don't do the same things. There's a radical change, and it comes from the obedience that is brought on by repentance repentance involves this death to self paul says i've been crucified with christ it's this idea that i no longer live for myself it's not about me my life is not about myself i'm not living to uh, to please myself i'm not uh, living to to bring myself wealth i'm not living for myself at all i live for jesus it's repentance i was moving in this direction but now i have repented i turned, and now i'm going in this direction it is a total life of obedience it follows repentance you understand how the parable works it's repentance that makes the difference it's repentance that makes that son obedient and it is repentance that is lacking in a lot of our lives Now now remember, I said the 2020 vision, God's vision for our church, it all has to do with our obedience. And and we're not all always obedient. Let's just be honest. Some of you, I I don't go home with you. I don't know you that well. But my hunch is in a crowd this size, some of you have really not thought a spiritual thought since last time your hind end was warming that same pew. You haven't said a prayer You have not cracked your Bible open. You've not done any of these things. Even though last week, all we talked about was reading your Bible and, you know, and serving others and, you know, you know, I mean, that just is not your life. It's not the way you live your life. You, you you sort of come to church and, and then you go out of here and do your thing. But this is what I'm trying to describe to you. You don't have a thing. If you belong to Jesus, you don't have a thing that you do. Your whole life is Christ. Your life is a life of obedience. And if your life is not a life of obedience, you need to repent. There needs to be a change of mind, a change of heart that leads to a change of direction in your whole life. That this disobedience is a really bad sign for you. There's just absolutely no way to call yourself a Christian unless you live under the lordship of Jesus, unless you are uh, uh, willing to respond to his command. What do you think a Christian is? When Hannah Jones stood in the waters of baptism early, you just saw her, right? Said, Hannah, who is Jesus? And what did she say? Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Hannah, will you promise to seek and serve Christ each day that you live? And she said, I will with God's help. You understand? That's what Christianity looks like. What did you do? What did you say? What is it that makes you think you belong to Jesus if it's not a relationship of, of, of obedience but before the Lord? Obedience requires re- repentance. Next thing, obedience requires a, say the words, a, a listening heart. A listening heart I like this parable because I've lived it I was a son I had a dad I would be doing my thing which in those days was always you know watching Gilligan's Island I would be watching Gilligan's Island uh, which is important work you know for me as a kid I'm watching Gilligan's Island my dad would come in and say I need you to take out the trash and I'd say okay but I'm still looking at Gilligan's Island And my dad would say, did you hear me? Okay, what does that question mean? Did you hear me? Because we're having a conversation and obviously I hear him. Obviously his voice is producing sound waves that travel through the air at a, you know, astronomical speed, reaching my eardrum, causing vibrations that are magically turned into brain waves. I heard him. I heard him. But when dad says, did you hear me? What does he mean? Yeah, in Don Harris's way of thinking, obedience and hearing go together. So I haven't heard him until my feet are moving toward the trash can. As long as I'm sitting there looking at Gilligan's Island saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I've not heard him. Understand, And this is exactly how it works in your spiritual life. Obedience requires a listening heart, but you can flip these two. It's a really strange sort of relationship here. The way to hear God's voice is to listen with a heart ready to obey. Obedience and hearing from God, they, they go together. Obedience requires a listening heart. That means uh, with a heart to obey, I'm always listening to God. And, and if I'm really generally desiring to obey him, then I listen for a command to follow. I listen for instructions. I I listen for God to tell me what I need to do the next step, what needs to change. I mean, I listen to God with a heart to obey him. That's the regular Christian life. That's not just for spiritual superstars or preachers or missionaries. This is what you need in your life. An obedient heart, a heart ready to obey. The way to hear God's voice is to listen like this. So the flip side of that is, if, if you're really not inclined to obey, you're not going to hear much from God. In 22 years of pastoring, it's one of the things I hear most often from regular church attenders. And if they're honest, they just say, Pastor Tim, I don't feel like God speaks to me. I don't feel like I hear God's voice. I don't don't know if he's talking to me. Okay, now let me say this. First off, the very first thing that he's ever going to ask you to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior. That's the first thing. When you first draw near to God with a heart and a mind open to his voice, the first thing you will hear is that call to salvation because that's where it begins. He's going to ask you, to, to accept his free gift of salvation, the forgiveness of your sins, absolutely. But at the same time, the deliverance from your sins, which means once you come into Christ, you're a new creation. You're not going to be the same person. That transformation is a process that begins and continues for the rest of your life. It's called salvation. And that's the first thing. And if you don't obey, if you don't follow, if you don't surrender your heart to Jesus in that initial first way of salvation, then I'm telling you, there's nothing else for you after that. I mean, that's it. That's the first step on the journey. And if you don't take the first step, there's no journey for you. Understand, if you're not a believer, today, what God is saying to you is come to him, accept his offer of salvation, learn to know him, learn to love him. Are you with me? That's the first thing he'll say, and you respond to that. And after you respond to that, then you begin this life of following. Now, most of you in this house would say that you follow Jesus. You are a believer, but you still struggle with hearing. Well, then, again, I would say, what's the last thing you heard Jesus say to you? What's the very last thing you felt like, you know, there was a nudge in your heart? You just, you felt like maybe God was asking you to do something. What was that? And did you do it? You understand my question? It's two questions. What's the last thing you heard Jesus say, and did you do it? Because if you didn't do it understand we're all waiting now I mean, it's not like like I say if you're not taking the steps on the journey with jesus Then there is no journey There's no next step because you didn't take the last step You got to go back Go back to whatever it is that you that you ignored before. I'm telling you jesus doesn't negotiate If he tells you something, it's not just a helpful suggestion When jesus tells you something it's a command to obey you listen and you obey and if you don't obey you're doing it wrong this is how the relationship works we listen and we obey so what's the last thing he felt like he told you i mean listen the whole word of god is full of things he's telling you to do like thou shalt not lie is there and so we learn how to listen and obey Maybe the last thing he told you to do was forgive your enemy, but you refuse to forgive. Do you not understand that, that nothing happens for you now until you do that? I mean, you have to do what Jesus says do. You're not going to skip over these things. Maybe the last thing he told you to do was not move in and shack up with your girlfriend. But here you are, seven years later, still living with her. You understand i'm telling you if you don't listen if you don't obey what jesus says nothing new happens for you you have to go back and obey you obey you go back to what he says and then you begin following the path from there and if your heart is not obedient your ears will not be listening you're not going to hear anything this is just how this works the way to hear god's voice is to listen with a heart ready to obey so jesus tells a parable He says, there's two sons. The first son says, go out into my vineyard and work. And the son says, no, no, I'm busy. But he repents. And before long, his feet are moving toward the vineyard. The other son says, absolutely, Pop. You bet I'm going. I'm on my way. But first, I'd like to Google a, a little bit about vineyards. I'd like to get, you know, Dad, I think there's some new new agricultural research that probably you're lacking, but i like to do some research, find out if we could maybe have a more efficient vineyard. So I'm going to read up on vineyards, or dad, what I'm going to do, you know, vineyard's hard work. I'm going to sit here and do some stretches. I'm going to stretch, and and I'm going to, I really don't have gloves for that kind of work. I'm going to Target, and I'm going to get gloves, and I'll be right back. You, You understand? That second son is, he's all talk. Yes, I'll go. I, sure, I will go. But he never goes. Jesus said, which one? <laughs> which son obeys the will of the Father? Which one is obedient? And the answer is obvious, the one who actually goes. The one whose feet start moving in the direction of the vineyard. You understand, obedience requires action. To say is not to do. And some of us are all talk. Sometimes as a whole church, it becomes about talk. And I guess I'm the biggest talker of all, right? I mean, like I talk so long by the time it's over, y'all feel like we did something. But we ain't done nothing but, but listen to me talk talk is not doing anything talk doesn't plant churches talk doesn't change lives i mean talk talk is cheap but talk is nothing but but we talk so much about stuff like it's almost like we actually did something but i'm telling you obedience requires actual action to say is not to do several years ago y'all know tommy jones in our church tommy's awesome tommy loves to golf and tommy came in one sunday and said pastor tim Yesterday, I was at this golf scramble, and they had this one hole, and they said that the winner of that hole would get an SUV. And I got out of that hole, and I said, if I win that SUV, I'm going to give it to Brother Tim. Now, what do y'all think was my response right then? Like, at that moment, what do you think I said? Do you think I said, Tommy, that is the nicest thing anybody ever said? That is so sweet, Tommy. I love you, man. That was just the best thought. No, no. I didn't say what a lovely thing to say. I said, how'd you do? (laughs) Right? How'd you do? Because I don't care what he said at this moment. I want to know what? Do I have a new SUV? How did you do? Not so good incidentally i told that story to my son later wade was a little guy i told my son that story later and wade said it's too bad a good golfer couldn't have said that (laughs) because to say is not to do so what are you doing Let's be honest, some of you have been at this a long, long time. You've been at this a long, long time. You have sat through so many sermons, you should be a preacher by now. You have sat through so many Sunday school classes and small group Bible study groups, you should have learned something by now. You have sat through so many sermons and calls to action that you would think by now your feet would be moving. What are you doing? I do believe that God has a vision for our church. It's it's a picture of possibility. And the possibility does have a sort of question mark there, and it's not a question mark about God. The question mark is about you. Will you do what God calls you to do? Will you be a totally obedient follower of Jesus? Or are you going to continue to be something else, something less? Now, I will say up front that that your obedience may or may not seem to connect directly to the 2020 vision to planting churches. But I also would challenge you in in, in this to say you don't know. You don't ever know. You may just think, well, you know, I I feel like that, you know, all God's asking me to do is go down and, 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 and teach kindergartners. Yeah, but this is the thing. You don't understand which of those kindergartners are going to grow up to be a pastor or a church planter or worship. You have no idea what God is going to do in their lives. So you right now being faithful, doing what God calls you to do, you're pouring into others who will go out and do the things that you can't even imagine. And see, that, that's how that works. Or maybe you're just a faithful giver. God just lays it on your heart to tithe and you just try to tithe. But you understand everything we do costs money and, and you're a part of that. Just your obedience, your faithfulness. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing how God just makes things come together and work in, in, in a web, in a network of, of spiritual strength and, and power that we can't even imagine. It's beautiful. So you don't ever know the part that you're supposed to play, but you have to play your part. You can't imagine that your part isn't important or that nothing is actually ever going to be set back if you don't step up. If you don't step up individually, you're setting all of us back somehow. I really believe that the body is joined together and we need each other. We need everybody. We need you. So as long as you're not completely obedient, our church is never, ever going to step completely into the future God has for us. You can hold us all back. Now as I say not everybody's step of obedience is gonna is gonna mean you're gonna be a church planter or a worship pastor or something like that But some of you will be I have a hard time believing that god is calling our church to plant 20-something churches And there won't be some sort of multiplication of leaders in us So I really do think some of you are probably supposed to be church planters and pastors But for whatever reason you haven't stepped up yet. Maybe you feel like you're too young Maybe you feel like you're too invested in your own career And you don't exactly know how now to stop what you're doing to join what god wants you to do I don't know either, but we could figure it all out. Why don't you step up? There's a next step card in the pew right in front of you. Why don't you grab one today and finally take that step? Say, pastor jim. I don't think I could lead a church. I don't think I could start a church You probably can't today, but we'll get you ready. We can help you get ready You know the best way to learn how to start a church You could start a small group The best way to learn how to lead a church would be to lead a small group And if you can grow a small group, you can probably grow a church. I mean the skills you see they scale You just start and we'll help you start and we'll help you get trained i mean you can do this if god is calling you to do it you have to do this some of you are called to be worship pastors you should be worship leading i mean every church we plant needs a worship ministry and you're thinking i'd kind of like to do that but i don't know how to how to make the step well you know it's just like two steps right there and then you're up here and that's a pretty good pretty good step in the right direction you could sing in the choir. You could join a worship team here. You could lead a song, and then once you lead a song, you could lead a service. And then once you've led a service, you could probably start leading a ministry. And then by that point, baby, you're leading a church. You understand? We can get you ready. You know, Rod has a Leadership Academy of the Arts that's awesome. We can train you. Warren Weeks will plug you into a small group ministry. Can grow a small group. Why would you not? Try to learn and grow and figure out what God has for you. Don't you want to know what's possible for you? Step up. Man, in November of 2007, I couldn't have imagined that Woodburn Baptist Church, a church in the middle of a, right now, a soybean field, that that we could be a part of planting churches all over the world. Y'all, we have work. Y'all know we have work in Southeast Asia. We have people in Turkey right now, Berlin kent washington perry oklahoma honduras philippines the church in the middle of a bean field because it's not the bean field or the church it's the people 11 years ago i probably thought that that what would eventually halt our progress would be money because planting churches takes a lot of money a, a lot of money and i really thought that money would probably be what would get us but it turns out it's not the money we have we have money right now in our budget for probably two more partnerships if they just stepped up right now by the end of the year we could probably have two more partnerships we're at 16 we could be at 18 by the end of this year but but you know what it's not the money it's the liaison we call it a liaison a liaison is the one person in the congregation that sort of takes on that church plant and by take on i just mean what they say is i'm gonna pray for you and I'm going to stay in touch with you I'm going to contact you I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to keep bringing reports back to Woodburn Baptist Church so that they don't ever forget where you are and what you're doing we have liaisons for all of our church planters all of our church plants and those are the most important part of the 2020 vision because they keep us connected to these partners they keep the partnership real we got money we're out of liaisons y'all The last partnership, we had to wait until somebody would step up. I'm in a church of hundreds of people, and people stop stepping up. Next step card in the pew in front of you. Maybe your next step is twenty twenty vision. Maybe you're going to be a church planter. Maybe you're going to be a worship pastor. Maybe you just say, I'll be a part of a launch team. I, I, I don't know if I'm anything great, but I, I'm a great church member. And as far as I know, church... You know, new church plants need members. Yeah, you're getting it. But as I said, not everybody's going to be church planter. Not everybody's going to be a launch team or a liaison. But but everybody who follows Jesus is going to have to learn to obey him. The 2020 vision was never like a goal. It's not that. It's not like business. It wasn't like our, our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal. That's not the 2020 vision. 2020 vision was a revelation of what is possible when God's unlimited power meets our total obedience. It's not a goal. to outcome, the fruit of faithfulness. Our goal, if there is one, is just to make every single church member an obedient disciple of Jesus. So let me just ask you, and listen to me. Does your heart tilt toward obedience? I mean, you, 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 your heart, does it tilt toward obedience? Let me ask you this. Is there anything at all that Jesus could ask you to do that you would not do? Because that's probably something you need to pay attention to. You know, you're looking at a man right now that went all the way through seminary. Like seminary is graduate school for those preparing for ministry. I went, I went through more school than people who became doctors and neurosurgeons. And I went all the way through seminary, saying I'll do anything but preach, anything but preach. Not funny. So just, I'll do anything, but there's one thing I won't do. The, the odd thing is, you are looking right now at a man who is preaching with joy. Man, I love what God has allowed me to do. I don't know what that was about. I don't really think it was disobedience or rebellion. But I spent all that time saying, you know, I won't be doing that. Because I just didn't think I would be doing that. But isn't it strange how sometimes we end up doing the very thing we said we'd never do? Incidentally, the first son of the parable, he said, I'm not going to be working in the vineyard today. Not me. And what's he doing by supper time? He's in the vineyard. It's that one thing you say, Lord, I won't be doing that. I won't be selling my house and going to the mission field. Oh, just don't say never. Just don't ever say never. You you won't be finding me holding the microphone, singing in front of the church. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Your Sunday's coming. It's going to be glorious. Just be careful what you say you're not going to do. Pay attention to whatever it is that you think that you absolutely will not hand over to God. Because that's a bad sign for you. Is there anything he could ask of you that you would refuse? Just basic spiritual principle. Whenever you're praying, talking to God, just the answer is yes. It's yes. You don't even have to know what the question is. If God is going to ask you a question, the answer is yes. If God is going to lead you somewhere, the the answer is to go. Just yes. Yes. It's like handing got a blank check. Absolutely, got here. Here's my life. You take it. You use it. I will do what you want me to do. <laughs> so I can't do that, Pastor. I could look like a fool. What if I get up in front of people and start singing and I can't sing? We'll let you know. We'll let you know. <laughs> but you understand? It's not about success. It's obedience. God's not calling us to be successful. He's not calling us to be impressive or to be famous. He's just calling us to be obedient. If you think God has asked you to do something, baby, you just better step up and do it. Be obedient. It doesn't matter if it turns out to be a failure. You, at least you are obedient. The only real failure is to not obey. Yes. Be obedient. Is there anything he could ask you to do that you would refuse? ask you this. What is the last thing you felt like he asked you to do? What did you do? Because if, if there's something hanging out there that the Lord's been after you to do, and, and you keep walking away from that, you, you need to understand that your next step is go right back, and, and you do that. You, 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 you do that. You, you go back. What's the last thing He asked you to do? That's, that's your next step. Go back, make that right. And then he'll show you the next step. In church, we do a lot of talking. This sermon itself has been so long, you probably feel like you actually did something, but no, it's. I think hearing and obeying go together in such a way where you haven't heard anything until there's obedience. You understand? God is not fooled by anything you say. He just keeps on watching your feet because he knows it's not obedience until the feet start moving. Pray with me. God, it's hard to imagine and admit That there could be churches not planted yet because some of us have not been obedient yet. Lord, that there are souls not saved yet because some of us have not stepped out yet with the gospel on our lips. Lord, some of us, our own families continue to limp along and struggle in misery for the simple reason that husbands and wives don't know how to surrender their lives to Jesus. Oh, God, there's so much work for the kingdom that goes undone because your people aren't willing. They're they're not obedient. Help us, Lord. You pulled back the curtain. You've shown us this picture of what's possible. If if us, if our congregation, if me and, and my brothers and sisters here would just get serious about following you, obeying you, Lord. It's a glorious picture. We haven't even seen the biggest part of it yet. Because you've not yet received the biggest part of our hearts yet, Lord. We still are so insistent upon doing it our way, doing our own thing. Working our own jobs, making ourselves happy, making ourselves lazy. Obedience, Lord, takes a listening heart. Listening takes an obedient heart, Lord. And some days we have neither. So, Lord God, speak today command us direct our paths lord and wherever you lead lord we promise to go lord the answer is yes yes lord yes now tell us what the question is whatever you have for us lord jesus that's what we want now let all of this talk turn into something else lord action the moving of feet the changing of hearts realization of what you have for us god we love you we long to hear your voice we live to obey you jesus make it so in jesus name amen